What are the five top reasons someone should go to Patagonia? Glaciers, penguins, adventures, epic views, and really warm, welcoming people. I love that. You sold me. I'm going. Hi. Hola. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Travel Unpacked, a podcast brought to you by Colette, where we swap stories, answer popular questions, and unpack all the interesting, fun, and curious aspects of the travel industry. I'm really excited about this episode uh, because we're going to be talking about a destination that I feel many people might not have heard of. I know that I had no idea about this destination until we had this tour created with Colette, and that's Patagonia. Honestly, the first time I heard Patagonia, I had to Google it to see which countries were a part of it. I did. I'll be honest. It definitely falls into the category of a place that I learned because I work here and it sounds absolutely incredible and it's completely on my bucket list now. So I I, I don't know when I'm going to get there, but I just know that I need to. The more I learn about it, the more incredible it sounds. It sounds like one of those places that's like when you think of what you might call a bucket list destination, this is what you think of something that feels unreal, very, very removed from your day-to-day life, Um, just something that takes your breath away. Very far from home. Before we get into that, though, do we all have any exciting fall plans? I love fall is my all-time favorite, and I'm so excited that it is here. Um, My husband's probably going to be drinking pumpkin spice through the entire season, and then I will just enjoy the fall foliage here in New England. Well, Josh, I actually enjoy fall more than you. I don't know if that's really possible, but we'll we'll see. He's very competitive. So now that you said that, he's going to enjoy fall the most this fall. <laughs> I will be enjoying fall the most. Um, I My husband and I just planned a trip up to Maine because one of my bucket list items is to see a moose in the wild. I never have. I can't believe that I never have. But we are going to go on a moose safari uh, in October, so... Your bucket list makes me so happy. Most people have like very specific, like, you know, go ziplining in Costa Rica and yours is like, I must see a moose. I must see a moose. Uh, So I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I see a moose before you do. So I'm probably going to go out (laughs) maybe the weekend before. Okay. You let me know. I'll, I'll be following you and make sure you post a lot of pictures. What about you, Nicole? For me, the fall is the return of routine. Summer is fun, but it is a complete break from routine. I have four younger children. They're all elementary school aged. So um we we've had a lot of fun we went to canada twice this summer uh we, the kids did a week of camp with my sister's kids in in magog in quebec and we also went to prince edward island which um you know we did the episode with my with my dad talking about the maritimes and family trips anna green gales it was it was so fun i'm so happy that we were able to go i had to get the passport for my two little ones um to make these summer trips possible and it was a lot of fun to be able to do that and give them a, a fun summer of camps and, and different things. But when I think of fall, I think of going back to school and kind of getting back into routines and foliage for sure. We'll be definitely visiting other places in New England, like Vermont, New Hampshire, Pick and just and appreciating it. Yeah. Pumpkin patch. Yeah. Go to the pumpkin patch. Um, all of that. Awesome. Yeah. Love with that. little kids, Halloween and all of that. It's, it's so fun. Um, I think fall is a very special time. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite, the most favorite. Anyway, we are going to be chatting about Patagonia today, and we have invited a very special person. Her name is Sam Kern. Sam is a product designer here at Colette, and she is going to tell us all about Patagonia. Sam, introduce yourself. Hi. 
Thank you for having me. I'm excited for my first podcast. I'm a huge podcast fan. So this is my, my first one to be on. And you're a pro. You've done Colette Talks and you, you've got a lot of experience talking about your, uh, your experience over the years. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been at Colette for almost eight years now. So I've, I've done a gig or two. <laughs> Plus, you met your husband here yes, and I have a beautiful family. Yes. So uh, we're a Colette fam for sure. And South America is not your only territory, right? What else do you dabble in? No. So I have South and Central America. I have Japan. I have New England, which is where I live. And I also have Alpine Europe. So like Switzerland, Austria, Germany. So things are always interesting. So you have New England, which means you probably enjoy fall too. Do you have any fall plans? I like fall even more than the both of you. Thank you. <laughs> Goodness. So probably because you design the tours. Chat, guys. <laughs> have you seen a moose though or a caribou? I have not. I have not seen a moose. Um, so that is one thing. I'll be super jealous of you, Kelsey, if you get to see a moose. Well, come with us, Sam. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm sure your husband would love to have me tag along. <laughs> I'll bring my toddler. <laughs> oh, even better. <laughs> Sam, like, how did Patagonia, you know, come about? Like, what was it about Patagonia that you were like, this is a great place to have a tour? Yeah. So Patagonia is, I mean, it's funny, as Kelsey said, she had to Google it. I think most people I've spoken to, like, I come from a family that doesn't travel much. And um, they were like, where's that country? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> it's not a country. Um so it's not on everyone's radar, but if you're someone who appreciates nature, if you like hiking, if you're into photography, it's definitely a, like a top tier bucket list destination. It's just the perfect tour for an explorations type program. South America in general has like some of the most welcoming people and awesome culture. So there's that element plus like this unparalleled beauty and this like feeling of going into the unknown and experiencing something that the majority of the world doesn't get to see. So what is Patagonia? Yeah. So Patagonia is not a country, but it is a region. So it encompasses the southernmost tip of South America, which includes Chile and Argentina. Good one. Sounds amazing. And just to kind of take even another step back before you created the Patagonia tour, um, becoming a product designer, was that something you always wanted to do? Have you always loved travel? You have a very interesting job. What what got you um, on that path? Yeah. So, no, I majored in public relations and I thought I was going to work in marketing, but I ended up getting into event planning, which I loved. And I did a lot of destination event planning for a previous company, which kind of led me to collect because it's all about designing and executing these really cool, unforgettable experiences But I, I love, love, love travel. I always have. So to be able to do it for work and connect with people around the world is just, it is a dream job. Absolutely. It's, I feel like um, it's a little bit of wearing multiple hats, right? To do what you do. Cause you have to, you have to be an explorer by nature. You have to be curious and want to find experiences that a traveler could not find on their own and form relationships in these destinations so that you can build these incredible tours that are uh, a, a little bit exclusive and also just maybe off the beaten path. Yeah, for sure. I mean, anybody could, you know, find hotels and book their transportation and you can Google, you know, must-see sites in Patagonia. But 
the really cool part about my job, the rewarding part is like finding these experiences that open up a person to the culture and really connect them and allow space and time for conversations, to ask questions. I truly think travel makes you a better person. So to be able to create these moments where you come back and you're more patient, you're open-minded, you're more empathetic is really the goal. And it's something, you know, like a guided program is perfect for because a lot of these things, you, you couldn't get this access or find these on your own just through a, a Google search or a Viator. So that, that's easily the best part. That's such a beautiful sentiment. I love the idea that travel broadens your horizons, right? So we are not the center of the world. There are many, many other people out there with their own stories and adventures to share about. And being able to share that with somebody from Argentina is wild to me. I love that. For sure. Yeah. And I find that the more you travel, you know, I went to Patagonia, which is like so far from where I live. And you would think they live completely different lives, but you always find something that connects you like as a human of the world, which is also really cool and beautiful to see no matter where you go, you'll have that experience. So it, uh, you know, without travel, you wouldn't have those experiences to draw from. So it's it's really cool to be a part of designing that and creating that for someone. Sure. In some ways, travel, I've heard it before said that travel makes the world smaller in that sense, mm -hmm. because you feel like you will see people and really relate to them no matter, even if they speak a completely different language, if they look completely different, like you will have a lot of things in common, the things that make you human. And that I think that is eye opening when you go to more places. It's just an eye opening experience. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I find that, you know, I think back to all the many places I've been and I've been to some like really epic places that people have on their bucket list. But the things that stick out are the little moments that you don't expect that might be that seem unplanned or the interactions with people. That's the stuff that I'll remember for years to come over visiting the Eiffel Tower or whatever the, the must see is. Yeah, the Eiffel Tower is great. I mean, it's pretty epic, yes. <laughs> I won't downplay that, but. <laughs> so what do you consider makes like Patagonia a one-of-a-kind experience? It, I know that we call it, our tour is edge of the world. It, does it really feel that way when you're there? Oh, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, so our tour, we fly into Buenos Aires and then and then from there, we, we spend some time there and then we take a flight into El Calafate, which is like the gateway um, from Patagonia. So all in all, it's like you put the flights together. It's something like, I don't know, 18 hours. So that alone really puts things in perspective when you, you know, you look at a map. But then when you're actually there, the landscape is just so different. And then on this, I know we'll get into the tour, but on this particular tour, when you're on the cruise and you're visiting these locations and the only other people in these locations are the people on the cruise ship with you, it's really wow. I mean, it's just untouched, unparalleled beauty in wildlife. So it, it, it definitely feels, you know, like you're in a totally different region than what you're used to. It's cool that you start in a busy city where you have like many, many, many mm. people that you're seeing everywhere you turn. And then all of a sudden you're just, it's just you and these glaciers and a boat. Can you tell us more about what the tour and what the flow is? Yeah, of course. So we start in Buenos Aires for a two night stay, which Buenos Aires is an amazing city. It's actually considered the Paris of South America. There is, I mean, you could spend two weeks in Buenos Aires. It's an awesome place to be plus when you know the seasonality we go it's their summer so it's it's warm so you know you could wear sundresses and shorts for the most part during this tour and then you go to Patagonia which is like very different in Patagonia the weather is closer to like when we were there like 50 degrees Fahrenheit 
it doesn't get really hot in Patagonia and the landscape changes completely. So the different towns, El Calafate, Porto Natales, these towns are much smaller. They feel very local. Like I said, the landscape is totally different. And then when you're on the cruise, it's really, really quiet by contrast. So yeah, we start in Buenos Aires for two nights. Then we go to El Calafate for two nights, which is where we begin our Patagonia adventure. From there, we cross into Chile to Porto Natales for two nights. And then we make our way to Punta Arenas, where we board the cruise ship for a four-night cruise. We disembark our cruise ship after four nights in Ushuaia, which is the southernmost city in the world, for a one-night stay. And then we make our way back to Buenos Aires for a night before departing back home. I love saying that word, Ushuaia. (laughs) (laughs) It is fun to say. (laughs) It's a very cool city, too. (laughs) So is the cruise ship like a small, tiny boat? Is it like a big, giant cruise ship? What, What is that experience like? Yeah. So if you haven't been on an expedition cruise before, it's very different from an ocean liner cruise. I mean, for me, that's kind of my my past was ocean liner cruises. So in, in terms of trips, so this was my first expedition cruise I actually was on. And it's a it's 210 people max. So it's only 100 cabins. So it's much, it's much smaller. The ships have to be a certain size in order to navigate through the different channels. And it is an amazing experience. So with an expedition cruise, really the focus is more on learning and like enjoying the nature. So, you know, the the way it works is you have, you know, breakfast, then you have an expedition in the morning, then you come back for lunch and then you have an expedition in the afternoon. And then you have a briefing with the with the team, all of the staff on the ship. The guides are true naturalists where they explain what's next to come. They have lectures every single night. There's a documentary that focuses on different subjects in Patagonia. So it's a a really amazing experience. You're totally like immersed in everything you're seeing. There is no Wi-Fi, which some people find as a surprise, but I thought was such a beautiful thing to disconnect for four nights and really just take it all in. Also, the, the ship we use, the rooms are so nice. I mean, you know, if, you, if you've only had experience with like an ocean liner cruise, you, you can put your hands, your arms up and touch wall to wall. It's not the case. They're spacious and they have these gigantic windows. So not that you would, but if you never, if you never left your cabin, the views you would get are totally epic. I love the idea of it having no Wi-Fi because I just feel like you keep seeing this term like tech, technology detox or screen time detox. And I think as a society, we're also attached to our smartphones and what's going on in the world. So just going somewhere that's remote, that's so stunning and really being present is so important. Yeah, for sure. It was nice. I mean, and even me, like I was nervous. I have a little one at home. She's not even two yet. And, you know, to not be able to check in with her, but to also just have that time to like not be reached by work or anyone and just take in what I was seeing and really actively learn and be be there was kind of incredible. We tried to reach you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) And then the other, oh, the other piece, of course, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this, is the Zodiac. So you know, the, because we're going to these remote um, areas, you can't just dock the ship. You have to, every time you go on an excursion, you take this small boat, which fits like 10 people called the Zodiac. And it's an adventure of itself. It, they're actually a lot of fun. I remember 
when I joined a, a tour, we got on a Zodiac, my very first Zodiac ride. And it's like three dolphins just started swimming next to us. And I was like, can somebody pinch me right now? Like, is this real? But, that, but that's what you can expect there. It's really cool. I'd go for the dolphins along. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise around every corner. Can you tell us more about Glacier Alley? That sounds like such a cool experience. Yeah. This whole trip seems like it has a million glaciers. There's the Glacier Alley. There's the Pia Glacier, the Perito Moreno Glacier. I feel like, and Glacier Alley is probably the, you know, the big one. Yeah. So there's, there's so many glaciers in this area. And like you would, you know, you think we see one glacier, you've seen them all. It's not the case. <laughs> They're all really beautiful in their own way. Um, Glacier Alley specifically, I don't want to give too much away because there's some surprises on the ship where we don't really brochure that are, that are nice. But you basically, it's this alley along the ship and you're sitting in this very comfortable, beautiful bar area that the ship has. Obviously, there's open bar. Everything's included in your, in your cruise. So you get to have some snacks and drinks as you take in the sights. And there's a bunch of glaciers that are so big, they're named after different countries. So you passed, you know, the France Glacier, for example. And, you know, each one gets more incredible as you go past. The, bit, the, the most incredible glacier on this trip, for sure, would be the Perito Marino Glacier, which we visit when we stay in El Calafate. And it's kind of like the first part of the tour where you're like, wow, I am in Patagonia because it totally takes your breath away. It's like, I think it's something like 19 miles long. So it's massive. It really is. And you, the way the visit works is there's all these different walkways that take you to different viewpoints of the glacier. And again, you're like, okay, how many viewpoints of the glacier do I need to see? But like you could see a hundred viewpoints and still be like totally amazed by it. And just to take some time there and you can listen to, you might catch like ice falling off. You can hear the, the, the noise of that, which is pretty incredible. And just taking all the different colors of it is awesome heard it covers over 121 square miles and it's still growing. Yeah, it's still it's still growing. Yeah. So it's like unlike every other glacier due to global warming for some for some reason. And I, I don't think they know exactly why. And I don't know if it'll be this way forever. It is still growing, which is pretty incredible. It's a UNESCO site too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah, it seems stunning. And I think it's an exclusive experience um, with Colette. As well. Yeah. So, what we, so most people do visit the Frito Marino Glacier because it's a must see. But what Colette does that nobody else does is aside from including this walkway experience, we also include a cruise. So, what happens is when you arrive, you get to do this cruise experience that takes you like, you feel like you're face to face with the glacier, you're right next to it. So, it is like just the coolest introduction to this experience. And then we get to go and at our leisure do this walking experience with a guide who talks to us a little bit about the glacier and we get a little bit more information. So that is a unique experience to Colette. And there's there's so much more to this tour too. I mean, we, we talk about the, the cruise and the glaciers, but there's also really meeting the locals and having that cultural interactions, which we really try to push when we go on these small group tours. Can you talk a little bit about you know, what, what the culture is like there in Patagonia and some of the most interesting things that people can enjoy and experience there. Yeah, for sure. So uh, because we do Buenos Aires as well, you get a bit of city life, which is cool. One of the things we highlight in Buenos Aires is we visit La Boca, which is like a working class neighborhood. Very, very cool, very colorful, loud, lots of people, fun. But we also include a tango show and dinner 
Um, so tango is huge in Buenos Aires. And you, I mean, it's just something you have to experience when you're there. So that's also a really cool cultural experience and important to include. And then when you're in Patagonia, one of the experiences that is my favorite is when we cross the border, when we, we leave Argentina and head to Chile, it's you feel like you're in the desert. There's nothing for miles and miles. And then midway around lunchtime, we there's this random ranch in the middle of nowhere we stop at. And we meet a gaucho, which is a South American cowboy. And he takes us to the ranch and he explains he, how he's, he's a, a sheep farmer. So he, we get to meet his dogs. We get to do a sheep herding demonstration. We watch him shear a sheep in under five minutes. It's insane. <laughs> so, it's absolutely crazy. And then if, if you'd like, you can take a picture um, or you could try to share the sheep. Uh, he's quite the character, actually, the owner. Um, he's lived there for years. It's been in his family. And he talks he talks all about how he got into this, what the conditions are, where he lives. And then we get invited into his actual house where we have a traditional barbecue, which is, you know, a lamb that's been roasted on an open fire for hours and hours all morning with a nice salad, with homemade empanadas, of course, a little bit of wine. So it's just a wonderful experience and an opportunity to see. Obviously, you go to Patagonia for the nature, but to actually talk to somebody who's from there and lives in this environment is, is a really cool experience. I feel like we should be having lamb and wine right now as we're doing this podcast. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Can we set that up next time? <laughs> I mean, food, food is my favorite. I could just eat anytime. You know, for, for me, travel is always about the people and the food. So getting to know the people and getting to know what they like to eat. What Did you eat anything outside of your comfort zone down there or something that you haven't tried before? Yeah, so I am a very adventurous eater, so I'd like to say yes, but but no, I ate, I mean, everything I ate, I would have ate normally. I tend to be someone who I don't like, like fancy restaurants, like most of the best meals I've had in my life were probably eaten like standing up. <laughs> so I didn't, I, I ate a lot of, we ate a lot of lamb. Argentina is known for their, their meats, so I had some really good steak. Of course, I had some awesome wine, specifically Malbec was excellent. I love a good Malbec. Um, so it also, if you are familiar with Peru, Pisco Sour is like a huge drink, which is very yummy, but they have kind of a spin on it in Patagonia. There's this berry called, it's the El Calafate berry. So I had an El Calafate Sour, which was delicious. So yeah, I'm with you. I want to try everything. And I swear I probably had 30 empanadas. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop eating the empanadas. <laughs> Go to Patagonia, get memories of beautiful fights, yeah. come back 10 pounds heavier from empanadas. Seriously. <laughs> and then the, oh, the other thing I, sh I like need to mention on the cruise, the food is unbelievable. You have, you know, a wonderful buffet breakfast, but then you also have a very nice plated lunch and a very nice plated dinner, of course, with unlimited wine and beer and you know, all, all that fun stuff. But the way the food is put together and the quality of the food, it's all locally sourced, is it was really good. So if, if food's important to you too, this is a great tour. Can you tell us a little about the Torres del Paine National Park? I know that's a huge highlight of this trip. Yes. Yeah, so this is actually, if I had to pick my favorite part of the trip, even more so than the cruise, which was unbelievable, our visit to Torres del Paine was 
amazing. And I think for many of our travelers on this tour, this was this was their favorite part. It's a very well-known national park, especially if you're a hiker. It's like very well-known in the hiking community. Also, if you're into photography, because there's so many amazing viewpoints. And the way it, we spend a full day there and we have a wonderful local guide who walks us through a bit about the park, takes us to all these viewpoints to get photos, to walk around a bit, but also it's kind of like a safari, you know, like the, the between the driver and the guide, they're constantly stopping, pointing out the different wildlife because there's, you know, Wanako, which is like a, like a llama type animal. There's Rio, which is like an ostrich. Uh, you can see pumas in this national park. So there's just so much to see. Um, I would say Torres del Paine is the iconic image of Patagonia if you were to Google Patagonia. Do you, do you get a um, chance to actually hike or is it more leisurely walking with the group? There <laughs> is a hike on the tour. There's the Cape Horn, right? Um, yes. The hike at the end of, edge of the world. Yes. Yeah, so Sounds fascinating. So the cruise portion allows for lots of hiking, which is great if you if that's what you want to do. So basically every single excursion on the cruise, with the exception of when we see the penguins, which everybody wants to do that option, of course, we you have either two or three different activity level options. And one of them is the first one is always very easy nature walk for those who might have mobility issues or, or might not like walking long distances where they'll do, you know, light walking, but the educational content will be increased because of that. And then it goes to the extreme, which was a lot of what I did, where you could do like a level three hike, which is more like focused on, okay, let's let's hike up this mountain. There might be rope features. You might be traversing over some boulders and you still get the educational portion of it, but probably less. And it's more focused on the actual activity. So they have every, something for everybody. The Cape Horn experience is like so exciting because Cape Horn is like notoriously known for having super rough seas and the way it works for that. That's the one experience we can't guarantee because it's totally weather dependent. So what happens is you have to wake up very early in the morning, get totally ready for the, the excursion. You get dressed in all your waterproof gear. You put your life vest on and you walk out on the, the dock and you wait for the staff, the expedition staff, to give a thumbs up or thumbs down on whether or not the sea conditions allow it. So everybody's just like like silent, waiting, hoping for a yes. <laughs> and and they actually go on a Zodiac to make sure that the seas are calm enough that we can board and, and offload people. And on the trip I went on, luckily, we did get a yes. So we actually got to do the Cape Horn experience. And just to have bragging rights, you get a certificate at the end that says you've been to Cape Horn. There's actually a family that lives there year round in the lighthouse. So you get to go meet them. So it is it is a pretty amazing experience if, if you're able to go. Mm. And if you don't go, there's an alternate activity that's just as fun, but you don't get a certificate saying you went. I want the certificate. Yeah. <laughs> so you've talked a lot about, you know, photography and hiking and, and, you know, different types of climate. So I know I have some ideas, but I would like to know from you, like, what are five must packs for anyone going to Patagonia? Yeah. So the weather, I think, is alarming to people. They don't do enough research, especially because you go to Buenos Aires, which is, you know, especially every every city I feel like is warmer these days. But, you know, it was quite warm. I'd say when when I was there, I went in March and it was, you know, in the 80s degrees Fahrenheit. And then you go to Patagonia it's somewhere in the 50s, sometimes in the 40s. 
So it's like a brisk fall day. But in Patagonia, you get like all you can get all four seasons in one day. So you could have lots of sun and then it could be torrential downpours. And then the other factor is the wind. You can have crazy, crazy wind there. So layers are super, super important for the cruise portion because you're using zodiacs and sometimes you have wet landings, sometimes you have dry landings. So waterproof boots for sure. Like waterproof, comfortable hiking boots I found was like my number one. And that and waterproof pants <laughs> um, for sure helped. And then having something like you wouldn't think maybe to bring mittens. So something like gloves or a hat to keep you warm. Binoculars were also really important to see the different birds. I mean, we'd stop in the middle of a drive and see a condor or you could see really cool things from the ship. So having something like binoculars as well. Where am I at? Do I need one, one more? more? Yeah. And then I would just say, because we do include Buenos Aires, aside from like the athleisure waterproof stuff, just to have maybe one nice outfit for the tango show or while, while you're in Buenos Aires is nice as well. In a camera, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> six, six things to pack. The iPhone does take some pretty amazing photos, though. <laughs> so true. Yeah. What is something about Patagonia that surprised you most something that you didn't expect to see something i didn't expect probably this sounds silly because i know there's wildlife there but i think the amount of wildlife we saw i was impressed by you know you read our itinerary and you know you know you're going to see penguins because it's in the itinerary but i i didn't realize like the amount of cool birds we saw and then when we were on the cruise ship like unexpectedly sitting at breakfast or riding a Zodiac and seeing dolphins. We saw a whale one day, like, which is crazy. The amount of seals you see. So because it's so untouched, you see a lot of wildlife. And for me, that was a bit unexpected, the amount we saw. Must be pretty satisfying to have designed the tour and then been able to witness travelers experiencing it. Yeah, I love I love doing that and getting to see the feedback in real life. And just like the excitement and joy they get, you know. I like have to stop myself from like taking pictures of them secretly <laughs> because they're just like such cute moments I want to remember. That's probably why you do what you do. It's you're doing it for travelers. You're you're creating experiences, which so much work and logistical planning goes into that. Having them enjoy what you put your hard work, blood, sweat and tears into is it's like the ultimate reward. Yeah, absolutely. And especially on this tour, I mean, with my I had such a great group and they're all different ages and activity levels and interests. And they all kind of took something from the experience. We had one woman who was 85 years old and the life of the party. Like, I think she was the last to bed. We played cards every night, but she was on the Zodiac, like no issue. She was doing the walks like and I just thought like this is this is how you should live your retirement. Like you're you're doing something right here. So, yeah, get to get getting to actually see those experiences and those wow moments for these travelers who, you know, let's be honest, spend a lot of money to go to places like this, have to save for that. But to see it being worth it for them is awesome. And speaking of the travelers, it's a small group tour, this tour. So you're you're with between 14 and 24 travelers. What kind of makes it stand apart and be the perfect exploration small group tour? Yeah, this is a, a small group tour. So the great thing about small group tours as a designer is that it kind of gives us access to places and venues that we wouldn't normally have access to. 
So for example, with hotels, all the hotels on this tour are boutique properties. They're all culturally reflective. So, you know, when you're staying in Porta Natalis, you're, you're staying in a room that feels like you're staying in Patagonia. It's, it's, you don't feel like you could be anywhere in the world. And, and, and that's the case in every single place we stay, which is, which I think is really cool. We're also able to do these cool things. Like for example, eat in this sheep rancher's house, because, you know, there's a big difference between having 20 people versus 40 people and what it gives you access to. And then just to have a group, a smaller group of people to connect with and have, you know, that shared experience. You get to know the people a little bit better. So, so I think it makes for a better experience when you're traveling to these more exotic locations. Absolutely. I feel like our small group tour is just, you said it perfectly. You get access, you get to go even more off the beaten path. You get to meet locals and build camaraderie. I think within the group, with your tour manager, with the local experts you meet, you just build even more of a sense of camaraderie with when you're in a smaller group. And I feel like this tour just checks every single bucket you could ever want with a tour. Um, you know, your locations that you travel to, the culture, the food, the different modes of transportation, and you really get it all here on the Patagonia Edge of the World Tour. Yeah, I'm definitely biased on that one, Josh, but I 100% agree. I mean, if you're not going to Patagonia, you are missing out on such an amazing part of the world. It is. It's a must do. So Sam, we have a tradition here uh, at the Travel Unpacked podcast where we like to tell people what not to forget to pack. So if you had to give us one suggestion of what to pack for your Patagonia trip, what would it be? comfortable waterproof shoes there it is guys make sure you pack your comfortable waterproof shoes and probably break them in first thank you so much sam for joining us this was fascinating i think we all want to go to patagonia it is definitely on my bucket list and again thanks to all of our listeners for joining us for this episode on patagonia uh, definitely like us and follow us where you listen to your podcast we're really excited thank you sam thank you yeah bye bye bye, bye. bye.